All right, all right. Welcome to episode 53 of the Grandos podcast. I'm your host, Edwin Cabrera, a.k.a. Steady Eddie. Across the screen from me is my homie, my day one, Chris Martin, a.k.a. Krita. What's up, bro? What's going on, guys? Uh, real quick, before we get into today's episode, um, as always, like and sub- subscribe to our YouTube channel. It helps us out a lot. Um, also, uh, pick up some merch. Um, we have a bunch of stuff in there. Uh, the colder weather is here. Uh, you might need a hoodie. So, uh, you know, go to grindhouse.store and buy buy something. So let's get into it. Uh, other, one other special announcement. We are taking the next couple of weeks off. So oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. A pod next week. It's Christmas. We are celebrating and the week after because it's New Year's and we'll be taking drunk. a little taking a little break. We're, we'll be back with uh, some new new stuff. Yep, we'll um, be back for 2021 better than ever with some fresh ideas that we've been working on that we will be sprinkling to yeah. our YouTube channel. Yeah. So uh, stay posted and definitely subscribe if you haven't yet because more content is definitely on the way. Sure. We are working on more content aside from the podcast. So, yep. uh, you know, keep checking us out. Lots of Lots of cool stuff in the pipeline, so. All right, so what do we got today, Krita? All right, uh, where do we want to start here? Do we want to start? So okay, so it's it's okay. It's the end of twenty twenty one. I mean, sorry, it's the end of twenty twenty. Uh, thank. Been a dumpster fire. Thank so fucking God. Everybody, yeah. I think, uh, has been looking forward to this moment a long time. Uh, happiest moment so far of twenty twenty has been uh, Trump losing the election, becoming a sore loser, yep. uh, and Trump. Uh, I'm sorry, and Biden winning. Uh, so that is my favorite moment of 2020, uh, and hopefully it's sure. a better 2021. I don't know if you have a, a favorite moment that you have for 2020. I, I, I'm with you on that. I think that was my favorite moment. So, uh, seeing him lose was great. So, um, watching him yeah. continue being a sore loser is like, uh, music to my ears. Like, I, I, I love it. I hope that he gets hauled off by like security, like his last day in the white house. He's like, you know, Kicking you and screaming. Security guards like carrying him by the legs and arms and <laughs> tossing him out of the White House like fucking jazz and fresh like, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a, a sports game and you're getting thrown out like that that level of uh, craziness. Um, but yeah. Um, so where do you want to where do you want to sort of start here? Do mm. you want to talk about our? So we're gonna do our. our uh, year-end lists for albums. Um, yeah, so this is the last podcast of the year. We're gonna we got a couple year-end segments. Uh, and well, I let's like, let's save that towards the end. I think you want to say that towards the end. Yeah, let's let's go through like uh, some news sort of stuff, and okay. then we can kind of segue into moments, and then we can go into the albums and stuff. All right, so let's. I think that we should start then, if that's what we're gonna do, with the Chance the Rapper uh, news that we have. Sure. Um, so Chance the Rapper uh, is getting sued by his former manager, uh, Pat Corcoran. I ho- hopefully I'm saying his name correct, uh, but he's getting sued um, by his for- former manager. Um, apparently he was fired. AKA uh, Pat the manager. That's what people Pat the manager. Yeah. Super Pat. famous manager. Um, you know, literally was by chance through his whole career helped him like propped them up. They worked together. Um, super DIY sort of, uh, you know, uh, manager artist combo. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird to see that happen. I, I think that it, I think it's like, it's weird because it's the last people that I thought would have a problem, you know, Cause you, you see their like chemistry too. Like even when he won the Grammys, like, like anything really, like even Pat, he was interviewed on blueprint by a uh, complex and, you know, just the way he spoke about chance was really interesting because they, they seem super close. Yeah. And uh, Pat is what kind of, I, I, I don't know, like the, their whole story, like closely, but I only know of a handful of like managers that I like follow and like yeah. I'm actively he's one of them rooting for. And yeah. Pat the manager is definitely that man. He's a manager's manager, right? Because yeah. because as a manager, you want to you dream of one day developing this relationship, this this relationship with a client that is 
friend and uh, a, a business client at the same time, kind of like doing the best of both worlds. So I feel like a manager, you kind of like, especially when you're working like closely with an artist, like it, it kind of takes on that kind of relationship, especially when there's a trust level there, you know? And uh, I feel like that's what their relationship was. It was, it, it went beyond just business. It went beyond just friendship or hooking up with your friend. It seemed like Chance gave this nobody from Chicago an opportunity to like do something with his career. And what yeah. Pat, the manager was able to turn that into became, you know, what Chance the Rapper is today. And um, I, I remember <clears throat> reading something about like one of the, I think it may have been like the second show or something that, that Chance the Rapper threw that Pat the manager put on. I think, I think as, if I remember correctly, the first show was like not successful or something like that. And then the second show, like it was bananas. It went crazy and it like kind of helped put Chance like on the mark in Chicago and kind of like jump-started like they're just like, you know, jumping from level, one level of success to like another, like very high level of success. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was, that's really cool to do as a manager, like just imagining like working, breaking an artist who nobody knows of, breaking that artist, reaching a level of success and having, you know, a seemingly a, a great business relationship for a number of years. You know, you definitely don't expect yeah, I mean, like this to happen, but. Yeah. And then obviously like, you know, to be, to, to get to, you know, Chance's level, I mean, and to be independent, you know, he was one of the first people to do it. So, um, yeah. It, and it, I also find it just odd that, you know, he's getting sued by his manager for money. Um, I feel like typically it's, uh, it's the other way around. Um, cause usually the, the manager is the one handling the money. Um, so I don't know if like Chance was doing some side business shit or yeah, what do you think didn't involve Pat. I, I don't quite understand. Like, yeah, if that's the case and Pat is suing because he hasn't been cut some sort of a deal, what, where do you think that could be? Do you think he's just trying to ruffle some feathers and like this is kind of like a scored lover situation? Or do you think there's a like what situation would a manager still be owed money if the manager is usually the one that's kind of like, you know, working that aspect financially like what's being what's being distributed like where, where could that um, thing be if anywhere i mean uh, my only sort of thought on that would meet again maybe chances just doing something that had nothing to do with his music career and it was a side business thing that maybe pat felt that he, he was owed money from that um but you know structurally i mean your manager is the one handling the accounting um so uh, you know he's usually doing the accounting and then paying the artist so um yeah it's uh it's kind of weird but definitely curious to see how, how it all sort of pans out do you think there's a possibility that they're i i highly doubt this by the way but do you think there's a possibility that their business relationship as a manager uh talent like just was like so i guess different and maybe that's what they work because maybe like it was a reverse like maybe like structurally maybe con yeah structurally their contract was different yeah. where pat was getting paid out by chances maybe i don't know account you know maybe um, you know maybe they sort of i don't really know i i'm very curious on on that because i i know they had like the merch company and um yeah, it's it's yeah, it's I would think I, I would think I'm with you. I think that it's probably to do with some sort of company that Pat maybe at some point got involved in, but mm. not to the point where like maybe he would receive or have or expect to receive some sort of a cut. Um, yeah. I don't know, like like especially when you're out the like the last few like months of working with each other, if you started at doing something but you were fired before it actually kind of became a thing but maybe you kind of threw in a couple ideas and you're kind of just like still expecting, I don't know. I feel like it could be a situation like that where it's just like, you know, you got the ax at some point during the process of, of one of these things that chance is currently either benefiting from or looking to benefit from that. Pat feels like at least cut me in at some sort of way. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I mean, do you think, do you think there's a possibility of them like kind of reconnecting or do you think it's just the, it's scorched. It's not. No, no, no. I absolutely believe. I think here's why I think, and this is a good, I'm glad that you asked that because we haven't even talked about why we even think Pat, the manager, got his ass booted um, after being, you know, in this like 
honeymoon relationship with an artist. Essentially, if you look at Chance the Rapper's career now, he has not only just has he plateaued, he's on the downhill now as a as a, as an as an act. Like he's not as hot as he once was a, a few years ago. Yeah, uh, do you think he, he you know he hit the ceiling? I don't think so. I think that his last album was mediocre, um, yeah. and that definitely didn't help. Uh, I don't know, like hit the wave. He also kind of took a lot of time off, I believe, because he had like he got married. You know, he had a family thing, like where he like he took some time, which every artist does here and there. But like, I don't think uh, as far as I remember around his album release, I, I wasn't really really seeing any serious besides like yeah, I think he was a part of. Yeah. I didn't really see any serious promotion for it, and he released it, and it's like like I said, well, it wasn't that active beforehand, so it yeah. was like so I, I kind of came I out the blue with it. Do enough to garner any sort of, and maybe that's why he got his manager canned. Maybe his manager should have been more in control of the situation, and I'm sure Pat probably feels a certain way because I'm sure in that situation, you know, Chance is telling him, "Hey, I'm trying to live my life. I got a family." I'm trying to focus on that. The, and that's like cool. The, uh, and then, like, when it turns around and it's time to release something, and and because you took all this time to enjoy your family, now like sales are flopping. You again turn to look at your yeah. man. Like, well, dude, what 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 happened? Oh, well, you want to take time with your family, yeah, but like you didn't, you know, you should have yeah. thought this, you know. So it's like it it is what it is. I essentially just to cap it off before I let you talk, I do think yeah. that it, it for sure it could be reconciled. And, and I think Pat, if he if Pat's a smart man. I feel like he this wouldn't be a bridge that he should burn just for a couple million dollars. I don't mm. know how much he's. I mean, depending on how much he's. Yeah, on, I'm not quite sure. He's being screwed. If he's actually being screwed, then for sure. But like, I would, I would say whatever. I hope that whatever he's suing him for is legitimate, and whatever happens from it, I do think that you can get past this, of course, you know, and, and, and continue to be friends and business partners because business happens. This might be business. This might be a part of the business process. You see Jay-Z and Kanye, for example, like they've gone through some things in court and they're still, I mean, obviously their generation isn't perfect anymore, but they still, you know. It's still like each other as family, you know, it's yeah. like, you know. Um, well, I know I know that, you know, in the, in the court documents, it basically states that Pat thought that the album was being rushed and not enough work was getting put into it and thought that it should be pushed back. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, uh, I don't, I don't know. And, and also it's, it's like, it's sort of, I think that like the hip hop shit, it's like, it's almost like being an athlete. You take too much time off, you get rusty, you know? And he probably wasn't spending that much time in the studio and all that stuff. Unless I mean, you were taking life gets in the way, you know, Unless and I understand that. Like there's artists like Kendrick who I believe when they go away, it's not like they stop. They're I mean, working. They're That's obviously what... stop working yeah. at some point, but I don't think that in the entirety of time that they're away, that they're, that they're not working on music. Like I believe that Kendrick is actively working on music whenever he's not making, whenever we don't hear yeah. music, he's actively working on music and he takes yeah. a, the best of what he's collected over the years and that's what he releases, you know? So it takes some time. And I love yeah. artists who do that. I don't think that that's what Chance did with this album. It didn't feel like that was that kind of, because it just didn't feel, I, I, the album was super passable to me. Like it felt like a Disney light, positive. Like I I, I know he's really- There was nothing that really stood out to me. It wasn't doing it for me overall. You know, it didn't, it didn't have the, that re-listen value to it. Um, I don't even remember most of it, you know? Like that, and to me, that's a, that's a telling sign that like and I the think album's also, not for me. Chance is also involved in so many other things aside from music that I'm positive that that's what took away from this album. He wasn't working on it throughout. He was working on that Netflix series. He was working on his political stuff, the, the Chicago yeah. stuff that he his does. Family all stuff. And, and, and all things yeah. that you've in different phases of your career. But when it comes to the music, it doesn't exactly equal good music. Exactly. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I hope they, they can sort of figure things out and, um, they, they seem like a good duo. Well, like they, they made a lot of things happen for, for each other really. Um, so I think it just benefits them working together, but, um, yeah, hopefully it all gets figured out. Do you think the next, next, uh, uh, chance the rapper manager is going to be as well known as Pat the manager? Cause that was almost like a ditty, a ditty. Is, is, where like, I mean, like who, who knows 
which artist do you know managers of? Like, it, there's not right. an artist where you're like, oh, that's so and so is the manager. Of this I guy. have a I have a thing with this, and I think I think it's gonna be Scooter Braun because uh, obviously Chance the Rapper, he, he's friends with Justin Bieber. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be Scooter Braun. His next Scooter Braun for what? Oh, he's gonna be Scooter Braun managing fucking Chance. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I like that. I like that. Getting getting the hot takes in. Yeah. So I'm telling. I'm saying it now. So you know, if it happens, uh, you owe me hundred dollars. I never so. agreed to that. Doesn't matter. I actually think that's a, a, a pretty smart, you know, industry fucking know-how goddamn take. I, I don't even have a manager I can give you that I think would be a good chance to rap a manager. I only know so many, and, and none of them I would think would be. I, well, I think as like a, an artist, it, you know, that's a good maneuver for him. Yeah, um, Scooter Braun is a yeah, solid choice. So. Yeah. He's like a industry vet, you know, obviously manages some of the biggest artists. So we'll see what happens. Fucking but. over Taylor Swift. Yeah. Selling them masters. I've never seen somebody fuck over one artist 14 different ways, like like Scooter Braun. Oh, yeah. And he like continuously does it. <laughs> it's it's pretty wild. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's the next topic? Cool. Uh, let's talk about, uh, FK Twigs. Mm-hmm. Do, do you want to talk about this a little bit? Uh, yeah. So I, uh, th- this sucks to hear, honestly, because, um, I am a super huge fan of Shia LaBeouf. I, I, I think he's an amazing actor. I think he's a great like comedic actor, um, also a great serious actor. I think he has a lot of range. I've been a big fan of his since I was like 12. I used to watch him like on Disney Channel and shit. Like I, I, I've been following him for a long time and I've always respected his work just because he's such a, he's, he reminds me, honestly, he has such a, especially in his younger days, he has such a, a Jim Carrey uh, kind of like, um, like a, like energy to him like he just like he just carries himself in like such a comedic presence and any scene that he's in like he always like takes it over and um and then to see him transform into uh after he was making all those transformer movies transform into a, a real actor you know it was great to see him yeah. kind of make that transition and, and like you know a lot of child actors they, they struggle with that and i think he kind of hit his stride even now i don't even think he's he's hit his peak uh so i say that to say that i respect shia labeouf a lot and it really, really sucks to hear that he may be still just as much of a piece of shit now that he was a few years ago when he was going through a lot of like internal demon, uh, yeah. you know, just uh, he has a history of alcohol alcoholism. Um, if you've seen the movie Honey Boy, like it, it kind of gives you a, a pretty good picture. It's a, it's a movie about his life and, and sort of like his upbringing. He plays his dad in the movie. He's a super abusive father. Um just a, obviously like a, just a very traumatic childhood and like I feel for him because um, I know that that those things like still even if, when you go into adulthood is not like those traumas like go away um, those things still linger like those those hurt those pains still kind of affect you in some sort of way they don't yeah. just disappear just because you get older um, and uh, you know it, it pains me to hear that he's still I guess a piece of shit uh, and it, yeah, like, I, as somebody I, who respects him now, I have to question of whether or not I can support somebody like that, you know. Yeah. And I hate to like, I hate to do. I, I feel like I just did that thing, and th- with that women hate, where like somebody's accused of something terrible, and you're like, well, he's a good person. I feel like I just did that, so I apologize. I'm just trying to like paint the picture that I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this person, and right now I'm just going through that phase of like deciding whether or not, not even, not even. I, I've decided not to support him, but it hurts that I have to make that decision. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I hate to hear news like this. This is why, like, I don't know. Like, in, in many ways, the internet is great, and then in many ways, it sucks because you get to really know people who you just you would rather. I feel like I would rather have the uh, old school before the internet image of these celebrities. You know, like we, when you thought celebrities were like these, well, yeah, like you weren't constantly super, being superhuman, godlike people. Yeah. Now, like you see them, and they're just like everyone else and it's they're very imperfect people and you you're at conflict about loving them and hating them just like you do like your brother or your uncle or whoever um 
And within this situation, it's like, dude, I respect you and I've respected you for so long. And, and now I got to think about like, I don't know, not, not supporting you in whatever way that is. Like, I, I don't know. It's just not the same. Uh, I feel like I just rambled. You, you want to talk about a little bit what that article stated that he did? Uh, he did like a lot of fucked up shit. Like he was like, like basically speeding with a uh, FK Twigs like in a car and and you know say like basically forcing her to tell him that she loved him and like just like really fucked up abusive shit. Um, Putting her in life threatening situations. Yeah, and it's in 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 other people in in yeah. obviously like out in public too. Um, yeah, and it, it it's just yeah, super shitty and like I feel like I'm not surprised only because of like all the shit that he was doing beforehand. Well, like, that's the thing about it is is he we've seen him do so ridiculous shit before, and because nobody really gets hurt aside from like him, the only time we we know that somebody got hurt is is through other reports that he's been an abusive partner. Yeah, so it's like this is something that apparently that still is going on to this day. And he, he, in the, when they reached out the New York uh, Times or whoever, I think, yeah, the New York I think Times. It's the Times, yeah. For common, he said he's a piece of shit. So he's admitting yeah, guilt. He, uh, he said, he admitted that, he, you know, he's hurt a lot of people. Yeah, he, I think he, there's a one sentence where he kind of says, like, he didn't do exactly whatever that he's being accused of. But essentially, he said that, yes, I am a piece of shit and I've done these things. And I've, I've, I'm like, uh, pretty much, I'm like, I'm beyond help. So it's like good on you for admitting guilt and, and and not like, you know, whatever, but like you need at this point to get past the part of like, oh yes, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a tortured soul. I have depression and actually like do something about it. Stop oh. affecting people. Like you, you've owned up to it. Now it's like, all right, but like, you've owned up, that you're... owned up to it before and he's gotten yeah. help for, from it before. If yeah. that's the case, I get it. If that's the case and you're still battling through it, maybe you shouldn't date people, you know? But um, especially uh, like uh, if you're dating somebody who like is as beloved as somebody like FK Twigs, like like now you yeah. have a whole fan base of people, like not not just like you just have like just people who might I don't know like really take this this shit seriously. Like some of these fans, you know, you we've seen crazy shit happen before. Like one of these fans might catch serious feelings, like crazy feelings, and attempt something yeah. against you. You know, um. So I don't know. I, I, anyway, like I, I, I yeah, very, no, it's very shitty, very shitty. News. It's awful. And, you know, um, but yeah, uh, let's move on to other things. Uh, but I think we covered that pretty well. Uh, do you want to talk about the Kid Cudi album? I, I know I've only listened to it a little bit and you've listened to a, a few songs as well. Um, do you want to talk about that? I've, I haven't gone through the whole thing, fair warning. Um, I will say, though, that the first... I've, I've listened to the first five songs, including the songs that people say are the best songs on the album. I'm not the biggest Kid Cudi fan, although I love this certain Kid Cudi songs that I think are phenomenal. Yeah, I just... I just classics. I am just definitely not a Kid Cudi stan. I, like, I, I, think, yeah. I, I think I listen to his music more objectively, where it's like, okay, this is a good song. This song is kind of skippable. You know, yeah. uh, with this album, uh, Man on the Moon 3, it sold, I think, 175 this week, which is amazing numbers for Kid Cudi, especially because he's been, we talked about how being out of the game for a while can like kind of like see your, your sales or whatever decrease, like in the case of Chance. But in the case of Cudi, yeah. who's been away three, four years now, uh, he did 175 this week. Uh, so I don't know. It works for him. I think he's got, I think his co-followers are just much more of a, uh, uh, there's a stronger allegiance there because I mean, Kid Cudi. I mean, he talks like he's his his artistry is talking about depression, and so you gotta yeah. you gotta. I, I think you gotta like. Uh, I think when you hit on certain subjects that people can relate to, as heavy as depression, like that hive, that fandom is, I think, a little bit deeper, a little bit of a deeper bond than just like you know a, sure. a, a hive that cares about money, cars, and hoes. So like. Good on yeah, Kid yeah. Cudi. I feel like his this is his fan base really coming out and supporting him. Um, I will say I don't think that the album was that great. Uh, I, I I heavily judge an album by like the first five songs. It's almost like the same way a movie you judge by the inciting incident. The first twenty minutes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the first about the first fifteen minutes of the movie is setting up the movie, 
And usually in that time, you should know about the 15 minutes end of the movie, whether or not you feel like you're connected with this story. It, you typically, like in, in the Hollywood format, you want to create some sort of story and hit Attention the Attention grabbing. Which is really like the, the point of the yeah. story gets going. By the 15 minute mark, that way, you know, people either are engaged or not engaged, but like it allows people to commit to it or, or to, you know, be like, ah, maybe this sucks. I think the yeah. same way about an album, when you're putting out an album, especially when you're serious about like this album being good. Uh, I think the first five songs are heavily, I'm judging the rest of the album by the first five songs, essentially. Uh, and with this, I think I only, out of the five, I think I only like one. And, and that song was the, um, um, what was it called? She won't, she, she know this or something like that. Um, yeah. I think it's actually the fifth song. Let me see if I have it up here. So she, yeah, she know this, she knows this. It's the fourth song on the album. That song was, was pretty good. I didn't like, I didn't love the first five songs. I just stopped. I got out of it. I stopped listening to it. Um, I, I sort of skipped around based on, um, you know, who would, who was like featured on the, the songs. Um, one notable one was uh, Phoebe Bridgers. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of like when, when you have a crush on her. Well, when I have like artists that I really like kind of work with, work with each other, um, you know, I think that's cool. So, and it, you know, I feel like Phoebe Bridgers, she's not known in hip hop. So like, uh, you know, I think that's just cool. Yeah. So, but Cuddy, Cuddy crosses over. Cuddy's like that. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, if there's an artist to do it, it's definitely going to be Kid Cuddy. But. For sure. For sure. The whites fuck with Cuddy, you know? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I can't give you a definite, like, this album was great. This album was not great. I will. Yeah, just I can't. I can't in. go in depth. Five songs it. in for me. I haven't it's listened to it enough so far. Um, yeah. And maybe I'll, I'll. If it really changes my mind next time around, I'll tell you if I feel it's I like it's, mind on this album. But it's I, a big album too. Like it, there's a lot. Well, long album rather. Um, yeah, there's like a lot of songs on here, so it's like it's a lot to get through. Um, yeah, I just don't have the. Uh, the attention span apparently to to get through it but um i've been in a real crappy mood though i'll be honest with you it might not be it might be me i've been in a, a real it, mood lately. it might be me so i i, I can't blame kid cuddy on this you know it could be a person but you would thing. think that when you're in a real blab mood that kid cuddy is the perfect fucking soundtrack i guess yeah i guess so there i mean you might be right you might be right so who knows? Um, all right, so let's move on to um, let's talk about our, the top five moments of, and we'll start kind of getting into the the end of the year list. All right. Okay. So we start with five. Uh. Oh, do you want to start with one? Well, top top five moments we're gonna talk about. So we want to start that happened in hip hop. The top or the bottom? Which way you want to start? Let's go like serious and then let's go to like kind of the funnier. So you want to start with number things. one? I think we could just go down that list okay. that we have. Yeah. He's saying that because it's our, uh, he's saying that because our top five moments, the first four are fucking depressing as hell. And it's been a, it's been a hard year all around. I think it has, it definitely yeah. has like, you just, so. it's been a, a deathly year this year. So our top five moments, fair warning is super depressing. Um, I guess we'll start with number one. Uh, which is not as depressing, actually. It's kind of like just comical in a, in a, uh, <laughs> in, a in many ways. So number one is Takashi. Just Takashi's uh, first of all release. The from whole prison. situation, the I whole guess. Situation. Like Takashi being released from prison. Takashi trolling for weeks or months. Takashi releasing an album. Takashi flopping, flopping, and then Takashi disappearing from the face of the earth. Yeah, that that whole Takashi saga starts with him being released from prison. Has I think is still the top. I hate to say it, top. Well, it got so much attention by like not just hip hop, like everywhere, like talked about it. So um, yeah, it, it was a massive moment in hip hop. But nothing like that has ever happened. So. And this could be, I would consider number two, either 1A 
because the hip hop cycle has largely cycled around these two stories. So this could you either consider two or consider one A, uh, I mean one B, because I feel like this has been in the news just as much as Takashi has yeah, been in the news. For sure. Which is Megan the Stallion getting shot by Tory Lanez. Yeah. I think many of you would probably say that this is number one. I think I would agree with you. Um, and looking back, I'm like, why did we put that as number two? Um, but I would say that's probably just as uh, in the news, if not more. So maybe I'll reverse that and be like, yeah, Megan was number one and Takashi was number two. But I, I think that story, it got weird because I thought, I think that story really divides people because it, there's actually a surprising amount of people that believe that Megan the Stallion is just lying about the whole situation. And uh, we still don't know enough to, to really find out more. So it's kind of been like one of these cliffhangers that last, that's been lasting for way too long. You know, like, yeah. like when, a, when a show like goes away for too long and kind of like, you were so like, there was a season ending cliffhanger and you're super excited about it. But then it like the show like comes back nine months later and you completely forgot about it. That's what this situation feels like. It was like, who oh, shot sure. who? It's like, who shot the fucking sheriff? Yeah. What the fuck happened? And uh, so, yeah. So maybe that's why this story is number two is like, it's not, it hasn't, there's no closing yet. It hasn't fully unfolded yet. So it we don't really know. Yet. There's still a huge um, hive of people who support Tory. So yeah. just, this story, I guess, feels incomplete. And that's what, probably what we have it at number two. It just feels like it's not finished yet. Meg has stopped talking about it. She's moved on from it. Tory is still hitting up Meg and, and like, I, just being a fucking weirdo, pretty much. That's rough. Um, so yeah, that's number two. We got for number three. Say the say, say the more depressing ones. Uh, so uh, Pop Smoke passing away. Um, well, being murdered. Um, awful. He height of his career. Like was just about to like really pop off. Um, yeah, super super awful. And he was young too, man. He was like, I think he it was like maybe 20. 21, probably. 21, think. somewhere around there. So he young, had the, his whole career ahead of him. Yeah. That song Mood Swings is a fucking banger. That would have, yeah. if he was still alive, I think that song would have taken off even more than it did. Um, I uh, That was definitely surprising because it, you right. He's one of these artists that like his name was really bubbling to the top of everybody's like yeah you were starting to see him on tracks with people yeah. like travis scott yeah. um it, it kind of reminded yeah, me, it's it just reminded me of like you know when cardi started going like bodak yellow came out and like slowly but surely people started like you it, it was like a virus you heard a name here you heard a name there it's just kind of everywhere like yeah. the song was playing people driving by you're hearing the same fucking song and shit like that yep that's not that same vibe was happening with pop smoke and like literally like it like it almost like just like sliced right down the middle with like just like was taking he was taken away from us way too quickly and it just felt like you know one second he's not here the second he's here and now he's not here again it's just yeah i think yeah. we're still kind of coping with that uh so yeah that i would say yeah. that, that, uh that took a lot of people's uh people that gave a lot of pause to people when that when that happened that news came out definitely um yeah, awful, awful stuff. And I feel like, you know, obviously, like, I feel like this year there's been a lot of hip-hop deaths, um, a lot of attempted stuff. Uh, yeah, super fucked. But 2020, that's the year we've had. So, I'm, One thing I'm, I'm grateful for is the fact that I, in 2020, and I know we're not fully out of the year yet, but I'm grateful that I made it this far. Like, this, this has been a very morbid year. Yeah. And I obviously as somebody who like, um, you know, health wise, I, I could definitely be in a better place. Um, I was definitely worried about catching COVID and, you know, whatever happens, happens. And um, I, I, I think because my my brother got COVID and that was a very serious situation. And I saw like the kind of toll it takes. Yeah. I was just super afraid of, of that happening to me. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that I'm at this point of 2020 where we're closing out of the year. There's apparently a vaccine that might be available that I'm not going to be the first one to take, by the way. I will not be the first one to you take. You heard it here first, guys. Everyone's right. not taking it right away. I'm going to wait. I'm going to see if people start growing four legs and three arms. Um, if people end up looking like fucking the super mutants from Fallout. Like, like I'm going to just wait. And then, like, once the coast is clear. Put the feelers out, you know. You gotta... Three months. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would say I would say about like two, three months. I'll give it, um, and then make my decision from there. Because we don't know about the long term effects as well. There's always a the long term shit, and when you're rushing out a drug, uh, there's a lot of to, to consider. But anyway, uh, like I said, I, I definitely am looking to take the vaccine. I just need to trust it first, and, and that's a big if. Yeah, for sure. Um, so next on our list is uh, another very depressing moment in, in 2020 was uh, King Von's death. Um, another person gone way too soon. Like, you know what this was feels about like? to pop. Like, you know what this feels like? I hate to draw a comparison, but it feels like it. Tupac and Biggie. I know, obviously... Uh, Pop Smoke and King Von are nowhere near as uh, highly regarded before and after the death as Tupac and Biggie. But it feels like a similar situation because Tupac and Biggie, in the grand scheme of things, died really, really closely to each other, within a year of each other. And this situation is exactly like that, only the timeline is a lot closer, even even more so. Yeah. In this situation, where you get two people who have built a serious buzz, and at the height well, not their height, but at like at a very high point of their buzz and still going more up, that's when they've been taken away. Yeah. And, and we got two in less than a year. And it feels like, it just feels like that type of situation. Cause you, like how often, especially the past few years, have you like heard about these many deaths in hip hop? It's been a while. It's since crazy. It's crazy. Left and right like this in hip hop. But it's been that kind of like past three years, I would say for many, yeah. multiple reasons. We had obviously the, you know, the, um, uh, you know the the codeine stuff, the the scissor. Yeah, we got uh, other drug overdoses like the Zannies. You know, then we got the shootings. We got like there's been a lot of deaths on, on multiple different fronts of problems within hip hop, and uh, this year has has been a, a no different. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, 2020. It's how things have been. Um, all right. Do we want to talk about the last thing here on the list? You want to take it away? What's the last thing? Uh, Freddie Gibbs versus uh, DJ Academics. We got no, so, we got more than what are you talking about? We got plenty of things left on the list. Oh, you're talking about news, news wise. I'm talking about moments and hip hop. Oh, oh, moments and hip hop. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, I've been, I've been uh, enjoying some wine, so I'm, I'm getting a little. I, I see that you're getting a little. So, Freddie Gibbs versus DJ Academics. That's got to be uh, in that top five moment in hip hop because that was a fun time. That was, that was one of my that was one of my funner like giddy. Very entertaining. I'm on, I'm on like Instagram listening to like seeing clips of the fucking back and forth between DJ Academics and Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, it was definitely like my uh, and okay. So I, I I would I would say that one thing we miss in the top moments, and I would agree with people. Uh, Let's let's put positive spins on on things and maybe round out maybe the top five if we could. So, Freddie Gibbs versus DJ Academics, I would say is five. I would say um, the versus series, I think is six. The overall versus series, and that I would think is probably number. Ah, if we if we do, could redo this list again, I would change some things around because that versus yeah. series has to be in the top five. Yeah, uh, now that I think about it, we're just talking about like moments that really stuck out this year. Yeah, single moment. Whether they're positive or negative. Um, the versus series, I definitely think is in the top five. Now that I think about it, um, the quarantine radio is definitely in the top ten. If I would think, yeah, I think it would it's a, it's definitely up there. Um, six or seven. Yeah. So I would say that's a Kashi short-lived, moment. but you know. It, <laughs> Meg Takashi makes sense. The the, the tip up desk makes sense. Freddie Gibbs versus DJ Academics makes sense. But now that I think about it, I would think I would go now with the five being um, versus. Mm. Okay. Six, six being Freddie Gibbs versus DJ Academics. Seven being Quarantine Radio. Um. Eight, I would say. See, I already put verses down, but I would say eight deserves its own um, revisiting of, of verses. And I would I would say that Young Jeezy versus um, uh, Gucci Mane versus 
ha- should have his own moment, and I'll put that at eight because because we had a whole moment with first of all just that history of of Young Jeezy sending his goons out to rob Gucci, Gucci killing you know one of Jeezy's closest uh, associates, and then him rapping the song during the verses to Jeezy like yes. that. I feel like deserves a moment in itself. I don't know if you have a couple moments you want to add to that list, but I, I feel like that top eight is pretty solid. No, I, I think you, I think you hit it on the money there. Um, we had a, a bunch of moments that happened recently, and I, you touched on all of them. So, um, yeah. Want to get into the the next portion of? So we're we're hitting the stride on uh, conversations here. I think what we should do is start with the. Let's start with the Griselda talk, and then we'll we'll make our way to the the fun top top twenty twenty releases. Okay, if you noticed, I, I poured myself a wine for oh, you got, these you got... moments. I feel like I, I should have a fire. How did, place how did Drake in. say it? How did Drake say it? Oh, uh, uh, was it like fix me a wine or something like fix that? Fix me a wine. <laughs> yeah. I had my my you personal chef on, make bro. this. <laughs> um, so we got so let's talk about Griselda real quick because we wanted to talk about uh, who. So we wanted to discuss. I think the original idea was like who had the best year of twenty twenty. Yes, so that's the first conversation. Who had the best overall year of twenty twenty, and that for us was very easy. Because it wasn't just one person, it was a group. It was Griselda. Griselda easily Griselda had the way. best 2020 by far. It doesn't even, like, it's not even worth discussing. Like, it's just yeah. obvious at this point. Yeah. Um, and so the conversation actually steered a little bit more towards, okay, well, yes, Griselda had the best 2020. But all three members of Griselda released projects in 2020 um, and had their own little buzz happening in 2020, each doing their own thing. Who in Griselda had the best 2020? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Conway the Machine. He put why? Out, why? Um, he put out Lulu. He put out uh, From King to a God. Um, both albums are just absolutely incredible. Um, also, he did that Tiny Desk, which was dope. Um, yeah, he he. But I, I mean, I think I feel like the whole camp is like had their year. Like they've. They've all put out dope shit. So, um, so yeah. That's all you got. What you think? That's all you got. I guess. I guess my vote. No, I'm just kidding. I think. I think Conway's obviously like that's a very. You, you, oh man, Benny and Conway, they're like that one-two punch. Like seriously. So I'm gonna. I'm, oh, sure. I, I shout out to uh, West Side Gun, and actually, I, I shout out to Wes uh, Taylor. I was actually hanging out with Wes yesterday. And I asked him this question. I wanted to get his take on it. He says West Side Gun had the best year 2020 because West Side Gun was heavily associated with both these projects. And as just not just as a musician, but as an AR who like 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 has gotten Griselda to where they are, he's had the best 2020. That's true. That's true. All right. this, I appreciate that. In many instances, I agree, but I will still say that I think Benny had the best 2020. I think. Here's where I land with that. I think Conway, first of all, I'm one of these people, I think you, you're a little bit more clear cut in terms of you, you, Conway is your favorite Griselda rapper. I think I have a problem with always going between Benny and Conway. It literally, for me, it flip-flops depending on how I'm feeling. But I would say, considering Lulu, considering From King to a God, and considering Burden of Proof, and also, um, um, you know, considering Westside Guns Project, um, uh, uh, who who made the sunshine? Um, uh, he also did uh, Pray for Paris before. He also that did well. Pray for Paris this year. I will still say that, considering all that, Burden of Proof is still the strongest project out of all those projects. And I think I had more conversations this year. I'm I'm simply basing this off of my own lived experience. I've had more conversations with people about Burden of Proof being album of the year than any other album that Griselda has released this year. And I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely comes in a strong second for me, you know? Yeah. Well, I think Burden of Proof, in my opinion, is, is the best out of all the Griselda releases, despite Conway <laughs> and, 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 and uh, Benny being 
neck and neck pretty much right there. And I would say Conway is still like edges out uh, Benny, but I do think Benny had the better project overall when looking at all those projects. And for that alone, I gotta I gotta tip my cat to uh, to Benny because I, I do think he has a serious shot of of um, I don't know this album being like the the one that people remember the most this year. So I'm gonna go with Benny. Cool. I'm Dave. I'm, I support the whole the whole Griselda movement. So um, you know, I feel like there's no wrong answer. They had an amazing 2020. <laughs> they had an amazing 2019. They're now um, you know uh, free agents. They're not on Shady anymore. So yeah. like, let's see what happens in 2021, man. These could, this, I, I'm excited for Griselda because they're bringing that old, like old New York vibe back. Like that really, a, like it, that type DIY of vibe. sort of like vibe. I love it. was the last, like for me, like that grittiness, that like hardcore New York grittiness, Wu-Tang was like, what was what you think about when you think about that tough, gritty New York. Raw sounding that's what a lot of this music all kind of derives from is like that in some aspect you always hear some sort of wu-tang raw gritty influence in a lot of these type of like groups or records um but i feel like Griselda is bringing that back to in its fullest form like really appreciating that sound to its fullest form um so i mean shout out to them for just having a a great run in hip-hop yeah it's true um yeah no it they're they've been my favorite group uh definitely this last year so um cool so let's go was your favorite rapper so that's a huge jump that's that's not true don't don't be spreading lies about me or fake news um all right let's go uh let's talk about best music video of 2020 oh this one's easy for me I, i i have two because i feel like we might have the same we're not going to have the same, but we, we better not because I told you not to. <laughs> uh, and and, my, and for the uh, the audience, we, we did not discuss our top uh, anything. Yeah, I wanted but, I wanted to make sure that we weren't going to do this super fucking lame shit and do the exact same artists for like what we think are. Because I feel like we have very similar tastes. We do. And I, so I wanted I made it explicitly clear that we should not share at all even yeah. indicate in any way at all what we would vote for for top our top first of all music video of the year which is what we're doing now and also our top albums of the year um, yeah. and our top song of the year i think we're doing as well so we haven't discussed this at all this is literally we're finding this out in real time so if it's the same in any way that's just because me and Krita spend entirely too much time together we should probably stop exactly we should, we should definitely stop hanging out yeah. um but anyways all right uh do you want to go first or, or should i I want to, I want you to go first. All right. So mine is St. Leor. This is not an image. For what? For best uh, music video. Ah, of the fuck year. you. I have a second one just in case. I, okay. Well, okay. Well, yes, that's mine as well. That is I, mine as well. I, I knew that was going to happen because it's a really good music video. I think we, I think overall, we didn't even talk about it that much with each other. Like we mentioned it on a podcast. That was obviously something we talked about. I obviously I said on the podcast that last like when that uh, I think it's maybe three podcasts ago I said that that was my favorite music video of, of 2020 so far and obviously like that podcast was recorded not that long ago it's the end of 2020 so it is my official favorite video of 2020 yeah shout a, out I think I shouted out the filmmakers who made that video I want to shout you guys out again I don't have your 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 uh, info on me right now but that is in terms of first of all just just generally in terms of a video. And also in terms of a local video, you guys fucking killed it, man. That video was amazing. I love the concept. I love the 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 Black Panther themed imagery, um, the Black Power themed imagery. I I loved the concept, how you guys lit it, how you guys shot it, how it accompanies the music, how it how it like just like it it, it goes in sync with Saint Leora. I just loved everything about yeah. that, that music video. Um, so shout out yeah, to yeah, no, it's it, great music video. Um. And then I, I also put SC next. Uh, we don't slip um, mainly because it was like, it, it was like, kind of a, a moment of like, like, this is someone from our city, and you know he's he's shooting a music video in Miami. It it's just dope. It, it's dope to see. You know, I, I love seeing artists that we that we know, uh, you know, on the come up. So, word, shout out to SD. So 
All right, cool. Uh, let's go favorite song of 2020. I know you're gonna you're gonna say the same one as I, so I'm gonna go first on this one. All right, go first. Luke Bars that with pride favorite yeah. song. I have proof. My Spotify says that that's my favorite song. <laughs> it says it. <laughs> I heavily agree with my Spotify because that's my main source of musical Your main spin. squeeze. Um, it, it it literally said on my Spotify song that got you through it all. That's pretty fucking morbid, but I would say that that's pretty fucking accurate. Um, Die with Pride right. is my favorite song of 2020. Fuck you, Krita. That was it, it. That wasn't the song I was gonna go with. Okay, but, word, perfect. Now we got some going. Yeah. So okay. So uh, mine is Conway the Machine, Calvin. I knew you were gonna go with that. I knew that. I, uh, that was, well, the, was, uh, the reason for it is that during that time it was like peak level of like yeah, like shit was like dark. Things weren't like I didn't even want to listen to new music at the time, and um, I remember he dropped the music video for it, and I like the song just you really hit. resonated with the music video, right? Well, no, it just hit. So I was like, well, finally, I'm I'm listening. You, you to imagine new. yourself like like killing somebody and like digging their body into a grave and shit. No, no, piece of shit. Hate you. All right, so let's let's move on. No, let's not move on. I'm not done. I didn't. I you know I'm I'm still going here. You're still going. You, yeah. Your bit's not over. My bit's not over. No, I uh, I agree with you. I, I want to just say in terms of Calvin, like I I agree that that was probably that honestly that was at one point my favorite song of the year. It kind of slipped away. There's been too many. Um, you know, I just want. He also dropped a whole other album after that. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to say that um, I wanted to add. So that with pride is my favorite song. Spotify said it was, and I completely agree with, you know, the. Uh, Do you the, always listen to like what Spotify says? Overall. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. pretty into. So can't corporate, think for uh, yourself. Corporate entities. Yeah. Um, they know it all, bro. Like they know, they know our our. our they get the data. They get the data. Have so. All the data. So, uh, I'm not even fighting it anymore. It is what it is. But I would. I just want to say that my second favorite um, song of 2020. Uh, actually, never mind. I'm not gonna say what my second favorite song. Is. Let's move on. I mean, you can say it if you want. No, nah, because I I want to keep I want to save the good stuff for the albums because I, I don't want to say because my second favorite song also goes hand in hand with my favorite album. So I'll just reveal that information in my uh, favorite album category. So let's let's move. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. So let's go to the top five albums of twenty twenty. And all I'm gonna say is is nothing's really. I I would say for me. I'm not going to say it in I don't have an order. Oh, which, you fuck you. You, you think of I didn't it. really think about it in that way. Think of an order. Um, try to try to make don't, it. Don't as, tell me what to do. Make it as much of an order as possible. Give me, I want your number one. I want to hear your number one. That's pretty important. I think you your top want, three, especially. You want to hear right now? Or do you want to, do you want to go least to first kind of thing? I would say least to first, yeah. but, but I definitely, that top three is pretty important and that I feel like should be ranked. Okay. And mind you, they're all good. I mean, it's... Of course. But, top five. But yeah, yeah. Do you, so, want to, do you want me to buy you some time and go first? Yeah, you can go first. All right. All right. Well, so, I want to go one one by one. That's what I want to do. Oh, okay. Great. Word. So you right. say one, I say one. Word. I like that. That's much better. So okay. I, this was tough, first of all. This was tough. I went through my list. I've, I've considered all the music I listened to this past year. And also, re-listenability, which was pretty big. Like, if I'm going to your album more than once, if I only listened to it once and it was really good, but, like, I, I found myself listening to other music, um, you know, I considered that. I considered a lot of different things. Um, it was tough, and I wish a couple things. First, I, I wish that there was a couple of, of, of albums on my top five that was from local acts that ultimately didn't make it on my top five, and I just want to apologize because, like, there was some that I literally was going to crack five, and... It was between what I'm going to reveal now and um, and those local albums. So there's that. So I guess I'll start with my top five, with my number five, which is 070 Shake, Modus Vivendi. Okay, I you know that that uh that definitely that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, I felt I felt like you listened to that album a lot. So um, you, knew, you know how it's, deep a, it's a good album though. You knew it's how deep album. I was into that album, especially earlier in the year. You knew how yeah. deep the 07 was. For sure. Um, all right. So mine is the hidden character, uh, question mark. 
Um, I, I believe it's question mark. There's three question marks. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, fucking listen to it. It's so good. It's a it's an artist that that's from Lynn. I believe from Lynn. Um, he's yep. part of the, the whole like mini mansion, uh, sort of collective, I guess, <clears throat> which involves like El Davino, Essinac, um, but the hidden character he. For me, he came out of nowhere, and I was sort of like, yo, what is this? This is fucking dope. Uh, the production's dope. It's all done by, uh, I believe, Vinyl Villain. Uh, I would. My favorite song on that album is is uh, Product Potent. Um, yeah, man. It, he, he came out with, like, such a dope record. Um, so I've been listening to it nonstop since I got it. So. Okie dokie. <laughs> All right. Number four. Number four. I think this is this is where I think it's gonna land on both of us. I think that our top five, if I was to guess right now, not knowing what it is, I think our our last four are gonna be similar but in different mm-hmm. orders. Okay. So I, I'm guessing this next one is gonna be higher on your list than it is mine, but I'm I'm guessing it's gonna be on both our lists. So okay. my number four is Conway from a King to a God. It's on my list, and it, no. how about, let's just discuss it, I guess, in no. this moment because it's it's on our list. So okay, for, so I think, like I said, Griselda had the best twenty twenty. Um, I think uh, Conway had both Lulu and From a King to a God are really great albums. Um, yeah. I think he is absolutely, you know, in his zone in his prime. So is Benny. Like they both hit their stride at the same time, which is amazing to see. Um, and this album, I think, is just the uh, evidence of that. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think it's one of my albums, especially when I'm like, like I just need something that like really kind of pushes me and yeah. really kind of just gets me going and makes me feel like, I don't know, like I, obviously I haven't lived the same life Conway has, but like there's something about that type of rap that really like no matter who you are, what your background is, it like pushes you, you know, um, it, it gets that hustle it's mentality. Like, it's, yeah, it's like authentic. It's yeah. Like- he just, yeah, he just. I love. I think my favorite thing in hip hop is is the fact that it really, like, a lot of hip hop music really plays into the hustle mentality, and I think that's why I love it so much. Yeah. Um, and and that's why I love Griselda, and and, and that's why um, I'm a king to a god at number four on my list. It's number two on mine, but. Oh, you shouldn't have revealed that. We should have built up to it, but okay. I'm gonna reveal it. No, I mean, you know. I'm, pretty much just gonna talk about it again so number two i wonder who's well. gonna be number one on yours Woo! that should be fun <laughs> i i had that as number one on yours but um i guess uh, i guess i was wrong you were you were wrong dude so what's uh, your number four uh my it would be uh west taylor gifted underachiever west shout out to west taylor yep. word gifted underachiever and that's yeah, not it's a, it's a solid record, you, right? What is it? It's gifted underachiever. Yeah, it's an EP. Is it? You know, a... how many songs are on there again? Let me check how many songs are on it's there. Like five or six. But yeah, so you know, I'm... I kind of melded, you know, EPs and LPs together. Gotcha. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's five, there's five on there. I was thinking projects, like you know, what what are. That was a really good EP. I guess in my, for me, I wasn't considering EPs. Um, I was mostly considering like full length, like album cuts, like projects. Um, gotcha. And, and uh, that's why I didn't really think of. Uh, of, uh, of my this. thing, my thing, what I, uh, sort of what I was considering is, is projects as, as a whole. You know, if I'm listening to the whole project, it's making my list. Yep. Okay. So, um, so yeah, uh, solid record. Uh local to to lynn um yeah Uh, i i believe t-bone produced it um so if you haven't checked it out you should check it out we've talked about it a lot uh in past episodes so number three you're so uh continuing on the griselda train (laughs) uh i got benny the butcher burden of proof um, as I said before, I think his album is the best Griselda album, like releases out of all the Griselda releases, his album was the best. 
Um, and I got him edging out Conway uh, at number three on my list. Okay. All right. Uh, so my number three, well, yeah, number three is is Luke Barr's Good Evil. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, still a record that I constantly listen to. Um, yeah, I, obviously we interviewed Luke. Um, you know, we had a liking to him before we interviewed him. But, yeah, he, he dropped a really dope record. And I I liked the whole album. Um, and I think, for me, it, it's hard for me to like a whole album. But he, he put out, I in my mind, a, a perfect record. I absolutely agree. So... You want to go to number two? Number two. Number two. Number well, number two is Conway the Machine, uh, from King to a God. Oh shit! And, yeah, and uh, so. so for moi, uh, that's number one and number two. I think uh, was was tough for me because I think both albums were spectacular. Um, I got to give number two to the OG. To the God MC, uh, Flipmost Squad, uh, the Conglomerate, fucking whatever you want to call them, uh, Busta Rhymes Extension Level Event 2, I think is uh, number two. Number one, it's debatable, but I'm going to slot them in at number two with the okay. event, I think is an amazing album. I think we get many sides of bust on this album. The best sides of them, I think we, we seize on full display on this album. Um, a lot of songs on this record, a lot of really good songs. I think I counted 15 really good songs on this album, and that's a lot. I think there's 22 total. Um, it was, it's great to see, and I felt that this way when Jay-Z released 444. It's great to see when an older rapper is still in the top level form. And I think this, yeah, I think this reveals to us that Bust has yet to release his best record because I would say that this is, if you look back and listen to all the Bust albums, all the the Bust Rhymes albums, and you listen to this album alongside of it, I would say that this album is the best release that Bust Rhymes has ever put out. And to, to have that at age, what, 48 is amazing. And, and like, you know, they used to say that hip hop, like, once you hit a certain age, like, an age limit, you know, you're it's good it, at yeah. that, essentially. Um, obviously, our God MCs like Jay-Z and Busta Rhymes and so many others are proving them wrong. Even Eminem, like his album was great, you know. Um, so shout out to Busta Rhymes. I definitely think that he has one of the best albums overall in 2020. And I think for me, he slots in at number two. Cool. I could see that. I knew that was going to show up on the list somewhere. Um, actually, so that's... I wasn't surprised there. Um, all right, let's go to number one. So um, let me let me mine reveal is... mine first, and then you can reveal yours. Okay. Because I don't know what yours is gonna be. I'm excited to find out. Your mine is is has already been said, so I'm gonna go first. Okay. I gotta give it to my boy Luke Barr's Good Evil. That album for me has been on repeat all year long. It came out early 2020. And that's this is when I know, and I'm really glad that I listened to it early 2020. And I knew back then when I listened to it that it was gonna be one of my favorite albums because any time that I listened to an album after listening to, to Good Evil, I compared and then I thought that it, it was possibly the best album of 2020 that I listened to. I would always compare it to Good Evil. And in every case, Good Evil won. And so for me, I'm pretty confident in saying Good Evil is my favorite album of 2020 overall. You know, I don't care. I don't care if I might look biased because it's a local artist. I don't care. I literally, since it came out in, I think, February, have been comparing it to other albums that I've listened to, and it beats out everything else. And, yeah, and my Spotify, as I said before, would yeah. corroborate that. It, it has Die With Pride as my favorite song of 2020. It has um, Good Evil as my favorite album of 2020. And I 100% agree with the fucking AI at Spotify. Yeah, I mean, it... it- like I said, it's it's a perfect album, so it needed to be on on my list. Um, so, yeah, I, I honestly I I knew it was gonna be your number one album, and it rightfully uh, so. 
you know, I, I feel like it, it deserves to be in that spot. So you earned that Luke bars. You earned that shit. Son. Hell yeah. Shout out to Luke bars. Um, all right. So mine is run the jewels RTJ four. Wow. Holy and yeah. You know, continuing on my theme of, you know, albums that have songs that like, that's not a, an album. I skip songs. I just listen to that album uh, through. Um, also, you know, they, they released it when we needed it the most. Um, I think the timing was perfect. Um, yeah, obviously 2020 has been a hell of a year. And um, yeah, I, I feel like they kind of, it was sort of like therapy for a lot of people. And I, I feel like for us, like, you know, me and you, we, we hung out the, the day it was released and like, obviously virtually we hung out on discord and listened to it and um yeah needed that yeah, shit i was so. surprised i didn't see that one i wouldn't have guessed that that was your favorite album of 2020 i'll say that well it is and uh it you know i advised to you know if you haven't checked it out to to check it out but run the jewels rtj4 damn well there you have it folks been another great episode of the Grindhouse Podcast. This has been episode 53. Again, I am your host, Edwin Cabrera, K Steady Eddie. Thank you, Krita, my homie, Chris Martin, uh, for you know having a wonderful fucking year. It's been hell yeah. Gonna have many more, hopefully. Uh, we will definitely continue to provide you more content, more interviews. We already have ideas for artists looking forward in the future for 2021. We have really cool ideas when it comes to content for our YouTube channel in 2020. A lot of new types of content on the on the channel. While um, we're away and we're taking a little bit of a winter vacation, just make sure that you're looking back at our episodes previously. That we've had a lot of really good interviews this past year. I'm really happy with with the amount of interviews we've done and also the people that we got to interview. I really feel strongly that those people are gonna grow bigger and be bigger going yeah. to 2021 and beyond like i seriously see the the world for a lot of the artists that we had on so so go back and check out the interviews you may have not caught before um, and uh in the meantime we'll obviously be working on developing more content for you guys share mm -hmm. our workout um get people to to subscribe um we definitely are looking to to build what we what we started this year and and, and even the year prior um and yeah just thank you guys for a wonderful year thank you for your support we definitely appreciate it. Uh, yeah. And also buy merch, uh, grindhouse.store. It's Christmas. So, you know, you need, you need to gift your loved one something. Might as well, you know, yeah. might as well keep them warm in a grindhouse hoodie. Sweater, hoodie. You got the, we got the mugs, keep them nice and warm, get them drinking cocoa, you know, so uh, drop in the grindhouse stores and buy some Christmas presents. Peace. All right, y'all take care. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy New Year. We will see you next year.